0: Welcome to Bucket Stop Blog, where I ask everyone the same question and record the conversation. The question is, let's talk about your perfect day, however you interpret the word perfect. Write down everything you want to do, then take a step back and split your perfect 24 hours into 4 buckets or priorities. Don't think about money, reality, or logic. Make it as perfect as you want don't think of it as your last 24 hours either think of it as the same 24 hours you would live again and again to experience a full life of happiness and fulfillment today's episode in conversation is with a great friend of mine michelle through this conversation i think of this analogy life is like dancing sometimes you let loose to the music and go with the flow and other times every movement is planned out before you take a step You can do it solo or you can move together. Michelle and her husband are the chosen few we choose to move together with through life. We share many passions together, such as dancing, but also live life with the purest of hearts. My wife and I have learned so much from them and continue to do so every time we link up. We have many similarities from trying to grow a self-made business to how to raise a four-year-old girl. It turns out you can be equally as lost in both. The struggles are real, but so are the joys. The playdates we've coordinated as parents, the conversations we've had as dancers, and the laughs we've shared as human beings are the joys that outweigh all the struggles and challenges that life continues to bring our way. She lives a lifestyle she chooses to, but there are still ups and downs. She inspires me more to follow a path towards a career that fulfills me, knowing there are as many hard times as easy ones. So with that said, I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Michelle and learn as much as I did along the way. Thanks a lot.
1: That day would be like to be able to take Nia to the zoo or the children's museum and spend some good quality time doing that, to then be able to come home and... You know, either do my workout at home or go to my personal trainer and complete my workout there. Then for Trent to get home from work and then for us to be able to sit down and have, you know, a nice dinner with some good conversation. Maybe watch a little TV together and then and then go teach my classes and have like great classes and energy and, and feel good when we're all done. Yeah. I mean, I just, I've been teaching class in freaking 46 degree weather at 6.30 at night outside. And it was fun. <laughs> and then I come home and then I can't sleep because I'm all, like, hyped up and full of energy. I'm tired, but, you know, and I need my time to, to decompress from all that. But, uh, yeah, that would, be, that would be an ideal day. I mean, even better would be if Trent didn't have to go to work and we could all go to the zoo together and spend all that time together. I mean, yeah. But a, realist, you, yeah, a realistic, perfect day, yeah.
0: Well, you didn't have to throw realistic in there. I think um, if you can think it, it will happen. So in this case, if Trent is there with you at the zoo, Trent is there with you at the zoo. So all three of you are there, and then you are working with your coach, and you're, you're doing exactly whatever workout you choose uh, best fits you for that day. And same thing, yeah, thing with your... Same yeah, thing actually, with your,
1: go, going, going to my personal trainer would be excellent because i i enjoy
0: uh i enjoy doing a little power lifting Ooh, that's a that's another good conversation so um just to kind of like reflect i feel like when i rephrased the scenario um what maybe like five minutes ago the tone of your voice completely changed because you you almost felt relieved of all that reality and whenever you were able to think that way um it showed you know I think that's the most interesting part of this whole thing is when people can uh, verbally dream and not be bogged down by life, things, things just change. Um, And I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it happens enough, you know, it's like, it's like people do daydream during their work hours and somehow, somehow they have to hide it, you know, or maybe there's, they're just scrolling through the internet looking for their vision board or, or, or developing something of the perfect life. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: And then they hide it, right? Yeah, you know,
1: when you say that, it, it reminds me of this conversation I had with my former boss. Mm-hmm. Um, she and I were actually friends. We just happened to be, she happened to be my boss, right? Um, like she recruited me to go work for her. And while I was still working for her, like we had a good relationship and I could go to her and, and all that. What she never understood was she was fully aware that I was not happy with the type of work that I was doing because when she hired me, she hired me for a very specific purpose and I was really excited. I was going to be developing and running my own committees and and doing all that, which I was like, oh, that's cool. The reality was that when I got there, she was shorthanded. I ended up helping her on all these projects that I didn't want to do and doing a lot of the grunt work You know, I was supposed to be running things, and I wasn't. And so she was fully aware that, I mean, but I was really good at my job. I just happened to be really good at it. I had a lot of doctors that always requested me to work on their projects. And it was always the difficult ones, and it's because I was good working with them. (laughs) Um, But she's just like, I don't understand how you can be so good at your job and not have any passion for it. And I'm like, you can just happen to be good at something. That doesn't mean you necessarily you know, have a passion for it, right? You understand this,
0: right? Absolutely, absolutely, yes.
1: They opened up an employee gym, and I started going to these classes there, and I really enjoyed these classes. They were very similar to the boot camp type classes that I teach now, kind of inspiration, actually. Well, one month, they had a, basically a member appreciation month, and um, I had submitted my little member accomplishment story because I had lost a bunch of weight and then it was from dancing and doing this and that and the other thing. And so they asked me to come talk, do a talk about how dance is a fantastic form of exercise and how it's really good for your health, right? Mm-hmm. So I put together this whole presentation because there's lots of research on how dancing is not just good physically, but is also good for your neurological health and how dance actually can help Prevent um, or delay things like uh, like Alzheimer's and dementia. How it helps people with Parkinson's. Uh, obviously, you know it's also good for your cardiovascular health and blah blah blah. And then I did a demonstration. My my all of my coworkers and my boss came to watch my presentation. And asked a word, she said, Michelle. I can't believe what a difference that was watching you speak about dance in comparison to talking about our work. Like I feel like it was the first time I ever saw you come alive. And that, that conversation just struck me. Like I only came alive when I was talking about dance at work, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, talking about, you know, compliance and regulations. Yeah, I understand it and I'm good at it, but eh, I don't have a passion for it. And, uh, uh, and so, and then, and from then on, it just really was what it felt like. Was like I was just sort of there, like my shell was just sort of there doing work. And then on weekends, when we could dance and do all that, like that's when I was really alive, right? So, um, what what you just said there about how my change to my voice and 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 all of that just reminded me of that conversation. And that was, you know, one of the few opportunities. I, most people don't get that where I could actually show a little piece of what my passion was at work, which I didn't enjoy. You know what I mean? So So as you're describing most don't get
0: that. Well as you're describing this, here's 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 a piece of irony that, that, that sticks out to me uh, significantly as you're talking. So when when you first started off describing everything that you wanted to do, you were about to say dance. You were about to throw dance in a bucket. But then you thought about the reality um of you know all the politics behind what dance has become or the competition portion of it so then i uh you know fast forward just a little bit more and i I say let's let's take a moment and relieve ourselves of the 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 reality and just focus on the expectations and you didn't you didn't put dance in a bucket you know when we released the 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 politics and and um the long nights and all that stuff. When we released all that, you didn't put dance in a bucket. And then fast forward a little no, bit no, more.
1: Oh, no, go ahead. Finish yeah, this thought. yeah,
0: yeah, and then you you fast forward a little bit more. And you, you tell me this anecdote about, you know, the the love of dance, the passion for dance, like, fired you up. So then it's it's like one big roller coaster. And I'm thinking, why didn't, you know? Like, why didn't you put dance in that bucket Um, in that perfect day with no... Uh, obligation or not, am sorry, no considerations of the, the world we live in right now. Yeah, that was my thought. Sorry.
1: It's just simply, it's just simply not a priority right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, I get a lot of pleasure from a lot of other things, right? Um, because the thing is right now, maybe when Mia's a little bit older, it can be a thing again. But, uh, you know, when, when I think about dance now, because that, that conversation with my boss happened 10 years ago. Um, but when I think about dance now, it it's, has a lot more stress related to it. Because go out dancing, either we're going by ourselves. So either I'm going by myself or Trent's going by himself. Or we have to find a babysitter. And that's always challenging because dancing happens late at night. Like it starts at 9 and it goes until you know 1 a.m. Hard to find a babysitter for that. So then you're like, okay, well, now you have to maybe, you know, ask ask one of the family members for a favor and keep her overnight. And um, so there's just like a lot more stress involved with it now. We still, you know, get hired once a year in Louisiana to go work at this one dance event in Baton Rouge. And this year we took Mia and it was like this whole big thing because I had to bring somebody to, to watch her while we were working. Yeah. And so we, you know, we managed it and, we uh, ended up uh, booking a, like adjoining rooms with some friends who also would bring in their and so we could share the babysitter. And, and it worked out, but it was like this really stressful situation about having to think about all this. So while both of us still want to get back to dancing, we understand that from a practical point of view, it's going to take some time until we can get to that space again.
0: But when that time comes, if that time comes, do you think that level of passion... Um would either get back to what it was or surpass it
1: i don't know that it'll get back to what it was i think it'll change it'll change into something new because before um dance was part of our income it will no longer be that it will be more of a hobby type thing that we do because we enjoy it not because it makes us any money i mean if it does great but like it's not really a priority Because for a while, we were actively working at getting hired and teaching and running our own classes and all of that. And I'm just kind of like, I don't want to deal with all that. I want to be able to just enjoy it. Uh, I have a feeling we'll probably get back into competition um, a little later. You know, Trent's about to turn 50.
0: Definitely does show.
1: Priorities change, you know? Yeah. And uh, and we're still sort of finalizing. We're, We're almost there finalizing aftermath of closing the studio. And so that's kind of been kind of been holding us in a little bit of limbo, fingers crossed about to be over. And then, and then hopefully we can move forward from there. But like, uh, in, in terms of dance, um, so there's a category called masters and it's basically, it's, it's for people 50 and over. And, uh, I'll, I'll be there in a few years, not too far off. And I'm really, really excited about entering as a masters competitor People think I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, it, it sounds like so much fun. <laughs> well,
0: there's merit behind that because you, it's, it's uh, I don't know how many levels above Masters there are, but it seems like if it is that last tier, then you really are there just to have fun. Like, there's, there's absolutely no one yeah. else to compete with uh, above, you know, as far as uh, above that tier, it's, right? It's,
1: it's the last age tier. Yeah. Yeah, and... And it means not having to compete against 18 year olds Mm -hmm. and feeling inadequate or slow somehow (laughs) Mm and, and not looking around and going, why, why am I dancing with this 18? I could be, I could be this kid's mother and this song is too sexy. (laughs) (laughs) And what do I do with this? Yeah. Like I, it's supposed to be fun. I don't need all that stress. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm like super excited about getting back into this in a few years. And like talking about the ideal image, the ideal image will be that I will be in the best shape of my life because I've been working on it really hard. And that, um, you know, our kid will have learned About physical fitness and how much fun it is and be active and want to participate and that we can all go do this dance thing as a family together because there's a whole whole crew of like little kids at these dance events with dancers for parents and that they can all hang out together and like that's the ideal image right
0: you know I you can't see me right now but I I literally am smiling and it does make me smile to hear you uh, almost reinvigorate your, your your passion for dancing um, and I say that because, you know, I, I did ask the question when you do reach that point in your life where dancing will come back in and you'll go, you'll, your passions may not be as high as they used to be. But the reason why I asked that question is because I have been given the opportunity to go dance again. Right. And, you know, my mm-hmm. old team was like, Hey, this is, this is our last hoorah. And, and we really want, uh, all the OGs to come back and, and, and do this piece with us or this set with us and uh unlike you i didn't i didn't really think about Oh, you know what am i going to do about babysitting or putting the kids to bed i i literally didn't think about any of that for some reason i don't know why but even doing so it's not like i was in love with the thought of going to dance like i i i i, I it's almost safe to say that i just lost my my passion altogether for dancing and um that's why it makes me smile that you have it. You still have it. And when the day comes, you will grab onto it as hard as you can. And I, I appreciate that just because for some reason I don't have that. Just, you know, just showing appreciation for you. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I know we, you, you touched on me and Trent. And so I kind of had some questions for, for, for that. So there's this theory that to be the best parents, um, you have to be the best husband and wife first and i'm curious on what your thoughts of that are because both of those are your buckets right mm-hmm. and one bucket gets satisfied much more which is probably mia because you're you're her mother and trent's her father and you're just satisfying her needs as best you can as parents but the the bucket with you and trent doesn't always necessarily get filled every single day right right so what what are your thoughts on should it be a higher priority for you to fill that bucket with trent in order for you to be a better parent that fills the bucket for Mia.
1: I do actually. And it's something that we actively work on. I mean, like, we're more conscious of uh, scheduling date night, which we're really bad about not doing.
0: Yeah, ours are non existent. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because it feels like such a hassle, right? Like, you got to go find somebody to watch the kids, and then you worry about the kids, and then you're spending money, and blah, blah, blah. So, but. To be a good parent, you have to be. Uh, well, you can't be. You can't be an empty vessel, right? To be a good parent, so you do have to find ways to um, be fulfilled at least to an extent. And part of that fulfillment comes from my marriage. So when I'm when we're not connecting, it makes me a lot more irritable or on eggshells or whatever you want to call it, which then translates into me maybe not being as patient with Mia. Right. And so, and again, it's not one of those things that has to be like, we don't have to spend like hours and hours together every day. because That's impossible. But we, we have, we have our little rituals that we try to hit every day at least. And they're not big, but they're enough. Mm. And then we have to make sure to, you know, fill that bucket whenever we can. So, you know, so I scheduled a date night, you know, a few weeks ago, and then Tina offered to babysit next weekend for our anniversary. You know, even if it's just for a few hours for us to go eat a nice lunch together or to go see a movie, it doesn't have to be anything big. But yeah, we're much more conscious of making sure we do those kinds of things. And I mean, for the last four and a half months, almost every weekend, we binge watched Game of Thrones and we got through all eight seasons.
0: So I've heard about (laughs) this Game of Thrones. (laughs) I've heard how addicting it can be.
1: Yeah, like that we hadn't ever done that. And we just were like, okay, you know what? We're gonna do this and it's gonna be our little like evening time together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're going to binge watch Game of Thrones. So that was four and a half months (laughs) of like Saturday nights.
0: (laughs) That's one big bucket, four months of a bucket.
1: Yeah, but it was fun because then we had this thing that we could discuss and have our own little, you know, our own little uh, fan club, just the two of us. But yeah, so I I would have to agree with your statement. Like working on, you know, the marriage definitely helps to become a better parent.
0: Yeah, so it's, like,
1: it's not like a direct thing, but there's a correlation in my mind.
0: Knowing that and, and saying that, do you kind of... I mean, it sounds like you were reflecting on it. Are there realities, and we always kind of go back to that, right? Are there realities that are in place right now that don't have to be for you to actually set consistent times with Trent? Or are the realities just non-negotiables in your mind?
1: I mean, there are times when... You know, maybe one or both of us are working on side projects individually when we could be doing stuff together. Usually I'm the one to notice, and if that goes on for too long, I'm like, okay, you know, is this a deadline? Is this a work project? Is this going to make us money? No. Okay, let's put it aside. do work on it later. Yeah. Because, you know, like housework, that kind of stuff, that can always be done the next day. Yeah. I mean... I, I mean... I,
0: I ask the question for myself as well because there I am putting in a lot of time and effort in figuring myself out. And mm-hmm. sometimes I I get curious on whether how that's perceived by by my wife. Like am I being selfish? And in my mind, my intent is completely the opposite. I'm not doing I'm not making these efforts to be selfish. I'm actually having my family, her, and the kids in consideration, and if I'm going to work out, i'm not going to work out to make myself feel better. I'm actually doing it to better prepare prepare myself for them with them for them right and um and it's hard right you 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 kind of spend time by yourself with the intent to help them and and love them, but then you also have to spend time actually with them, and so there's there's this there's there's for me it's this constant struggle and it, it kind of sounds like you and Trend are along the same lines where you have your like you said side side gigs or side projects and i don't know how much of it is you know for your own intentions but i would i would imagine that you're trying to solve something for the better the betterment of of the family as a whole would you say that's safe to say
1: yeah generally speaking i mean like it's you no know, Trying to get organized, or trying to fix some problem that's been going on for a while. Um, you know, it's just it, it's really it's really about. I mean, obviously, it's about priorities. What am I trying to say? Perspectives.
0: Yeah, perspectives is a good word.
1: Right. Um, you know, one spouse may see all this extra effort that the other person is putting into their fitness or their reorganizing something or some big project, that, you know, that's for the house and that's taking them away from family time. They might see that as being selfish whereas, you know, the person who's doing this big project is thinking, "Oh, this will be so much better for everyone once it's done." And it's really important and I mean, you're not the only person to bring this up to me. It's about that communication and really learning where that other person is coming from. Trent and I have certainly had that conversation numerous times. And so it's it's given me a, it's helped me to figure out a better way to communicate with him instead of automatically assuming things. It's saying, okay, you know, why are you doing this? Or what is the priority of this? Or what is the end goal of this? Help me understand why you're doing this. And no, it's not easy. We're about to hit our 15-year anniversary, and it feels like we're just sort of, Figuring it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I consider that a good I mean, thing. I, I, I mean, if you're if you're still on that learning curve 15 years later, then you know you are blessed. If you feel like you've figured it all out in 15 years, then it only it only goes downhill from there in my in my mind.
1: <laughs> I mean, and and I mean, it feels like uh, in the last five years, you know, it's certainly been a roller coaster. It's been a lot of ups and downs, and having to sort of reprioritize and refigure out our roles again and again and again, I think has also helped make us a bit more pliable. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll add that one on that. More, I'll add one more thing on the communication thing. So like you said, uh, we, we have these intentions in mind, but we don't communicate it well. I uh, I feel like I have a perfect example of that. So all these recordings and interviews that I've been doing, um, what I, I take the files and I send them off to my wife Stephanie and if I am drafting a book or a blog or something I will send her over the website or the the excerpt for her to read but that's it I won't I won't sit her down and talk to her about it and I won't tell her what I'm thinking when I wrote it or what we talked about in these recordings and so it got to the point where I said, you know, I'm throwing all these things at you and that's my way of communicating to you um, all this hard work that I've been doing. If you had just if you just take the time to listen to it and read it, you would see the thoughts and feelings that I'm not necessarily saying straight up to you. And and not in her words, but she basically said, you know, all that I do appreciate, but it means nothing to me because the way I communicate is not like that. I don't communicate in subtleties. Mm-hmm. I communicate in direct uh face-to-face eye-to-eye communicate um you know verbal communication i need you to tell me mm-hmm. how you feel i don't need to read it in a blog post or listen to it in a podcast and that was an eye-opening thing for me because that's not how i operate at least not anymore or i'm sorry not yet so um like like you said you and trent are working on things and so i am working on things uh to better communicate with her in the way that she does or that she prefers to Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we just hit about an hour and 20 minutes. I think that's a good place to stop unless you kind of wanted to throw anything in. No? Okay. No. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Uh what I usually do is have a little quick recap of the conversation and then I kind of stop there and just basically ask you straight up for feedback on on what I'm working on, which is being a better listener, being a better communicator and Facilitated the conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So um, the perfect day for you, uh, at least how I've observed it, is spending spending time with Mia and spending time with Trent, your husband, spending time with your clients, and then spending time on yourself. Like those are the four major buckets. And yeah, it is a little bit more difficult for not only you but a lot of people to set aside the realities of the world and life and truly see um the potential of of what all those things can become and and all the things that they should be come um but but it is difficult to set aside or not neglect but definitely like not use those as an influencer in the in the actual buckets that you want Is that safe to say okay so those are the four buckets and um I appreciate that um i I learned a lot from you on i mean everything from running a business and how hard it it is not not can be but it is uh to try and when things don't work out, you dive into the next bucket and you try again that's what I learned I learned um priorities of being a a father for me not not a, not you're not a father, I know but uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> to you know to be a father um to be a a husband and communicate much more than i do and in, in the way that is preferred not the way that i prefer uh i learned that there is a passion that sometimes dwindles but then there becomes opportunities sooner um that will that will flip it on its back right so if if i don't have a passion for it now there is definitely the potential that I will fall in love it again, fall in love with it again, in, with it again uh, in the later years to come, and that's yeah. Oh, also in the beginning, you taught me a lot uh, about your experiences with other podcasts, and so I'll I'll definitely dive through those after this after this um, closing.
1: Yeah, I can actually send you the links to the two, and you can listen to them if you want to, and you know learn something else. Okay,
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, um, so we'll stop there, and then in terms of feedback. Uh, what are your thoughts in the past hour and twenty-two minutes?
1: You certainly made me think about a lot of things. <laughs> really, kind of re-examine, and and it's like I said, it was funny because it's kind of what I've been doing anyway, especially since because uh, it was like Kasama closed. So then I figured out, you know, what to do with my time and how to reprioritize things. And then Mia started school, like legit, and then I had to sort of reprioritize again. And so with you talking about the buckets and everything, it just sort of, I don't know, it's sort of all along the lines of where I've been anyway. You know, trying to become a a better housewife. (laughs) Lack of a better term.
0: Companion, not housewife. Companion. (laughs)
1: Uh, Because, I mean, you know, I'm not a great housekeeper, but I try. I've uh, rediscovered, or I should say I have discovered learning how to cook different things and different recipes and being more adventurous with my cooking so um yeah just different ways to try to better the home experience because i'm here a lot mm-hmm. so yeah the whole conversation is really is very much in line with where i have been uh the last few months anyway
0: um did you were you ex- i know you may not have come in within the expectations but as you leave Or was there something more that you wanted out of this conversation?
1: No, no. I mean, even though it's been a while since we've had any one-on-one time to really chat, um, my expectation was that it was going to be a very interesting conversation and that you would be very thoughtful in the types of things that you wanted to talk about because those are the kinds of conversations we've always had, very thoughtful conversations. So... um, I, I, I mean, otherwise I wouldn't have said yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, I don't I don't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I knew it was going to be an interesting conversation, and um and you know I looked forward to being able to catch up with you a little bit because it has been a while. Yeah. Um. So uh, I mean, I definitely would love to see where this goes for you. I know that I know that your struggles with dealing with a quote normal job are very similar to, or very similar to mine. Quite fortunate that Trent actually enjoys his work, Mm -hmm. and it pays well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very fortunate. Um, I look forward to seeing where you go with this, and I'm happy to contribute wherever I can.
0: Well, good. Thank you for that. Um, So as far as the, I don't know if it's called a skill set, but I I always equate it to like an interviewer skill set. Is there do you have any feedback on um how I navigated the conversation what how I asked questions um, the direction of of where this all went? any feedback on that?
1: I thought you were a really good interviewer um, you reminded me of the architect that did most of the interviewing where he came in with a prepared set of questions, but then you know, you were, you were paying attention, you were engaged so that you could then ask other questions that led off of what we talked about. Mm -hmm. And even though you had a certain agenda, you know, you, you weren't afraid to let the conversation kind of go wherever I, I know that I tend to wander and I go off on all kinds of tangents when I have these kind of things. But, um, but it was like, you allowed me to wander, but you still kept me on track, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. The only thing was your your opening questions kind of confused me a little bit, and I wondered if maybe it confused other people as well, because I, the question was, was so broad, I really didn't know where to go with it. Mm, but yeah. then you helped me to sort of, you know, whittle it down to a place where I could digest it more easily.
0: Yeah, that is feedback I got before, too, is if you're going to ask that sort of question, you should start with uh, your own example first. and. Uh, Again, like I when I when I first started, I said there were kind of two approaches to it, right? The the macro, the micro, and my fear is that I if I give you my example, it forces you to go with the macro, and whenever you go Mm -hmm. micro, I feel like there's a there's an exploration, like you're you're painting this picture, and and I'm just kind of following along, and I and I see the picture develop. So it it really depends on the person, and what you said is consistent with other people's feedback. So maybe I should just stop being hard headed and and go right into it. And if I, if it's, if I do influence people to think a certain way, then, then so be it. But, um, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're definitely not the first person to say it. So there's merit behind it.
1: So, so you're going to talk to Trent and I, I wanted you to be able to talk to Trent because we, we, uh, we interview very differently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, you've talked to him. You know that he he does not think like most people. He has a very different way of looking at things. Uh, so I I encourage you, at least with him, to stick with your current format and see where it takes you.
0: Oh, that's a great suggestion, uh, especially because you know him so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, and I want to.
1: I'm curious to know too.
0: <laughs> this concludes the episode and conversation that I had with Michelle. I knew that Michelle and I would have very similar buckets or priorities or objectives in our lives. We both have kids. We both love dancing. We both try to start our own business. Yet, I believe that she has a firmer grasp on all of those things, more than I. And so I thought I, I knew that I would benefit so much from this conversation with her. There were points that we touched upon in this conversation that I wanted to emphasize. One of those points was the difference between being good at something and being passionate about something. So in my shoes, I was good at being an engineer, but I was far from being passionate about it. But in her shoes, she was very good at being in that realm of healthcare administration, but she wasn't passionate about it. There is a true difference between what you're really good at and what you're passionate about. You can be passionate about something and not be so great at it yet, but because you are driven so much by the thought of it, you choose to get better at it and your skill sets rise because of that. That was satisfying to hear that someone else had the same story or a very similar story to mine. Then we started talking about, well, what does passion look like? And from the inside looking out, it, it may be hard to describe, but from the outside looking in, it's very obvious. It's like seeing a fire on the side of the road. Everybody has to stare at it as they drive by. They have to slow down so they can see what's going on. That's what passion is. And as we talked about it, we, she gave her story about where, when she gave a demonstration of of dance. At the time, she was truly passionate about it, but when she was able to give that demonstration to her coworkers, her coworkers could not help but tell her that there was a f- there was a huge difference between the way she spoke about dance versus the way she spoke about work. That's what passion looks like. And one more note that definitely something that hits home is. You know I have two daughters that I'm trying to raise as best as I can and she also has a daughter that she's also raising and we realize that the West the best way to be a great parent is to be a great spouse so in order to show our kids what it's like to love someone unconditionally we must show her them what loving our spouse looks like unconditionally early and often and sometimes life gets in the way and we aren't able to do so as much as we want to but From this conversation, we know that we have to put conservative effort towards showing everyone the example of unconditional love by utilizing our spouses, as husband and wife do. So this concludes the lessons I learned from Michelle, who was truly a blessing in my life. With this archive of wisdom, I can always come back and relearn from Michelle the most important things in life. These were lessons that I couldn't necessarily find in a book. I hope you learned as much as I did from this conversation and continue to come back for more. Thanks again. Have a great day.